Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I made an executive decision today, at the end of the day, that is, other than my own Sunday show, i got to do it a little less TV. It wears me out, plus I can't really say the things I need to say. It's no offense. No offense to anybody. Just need a little break. We'll see as things go along. But, I mean, morning, noon, and night, I figure it's too much already. That's just my opinion. Most people can't wait to get on TV. I, it's not something I'm dying to do. Plus, I actually come very, very prepared. It's a little weird on Fox and Friends this morning. We have the conspiracy nuts out there. I was cut off, and I was cut off because the satellite link uh, was cut. Now, why was it cut? Because not enough time was, what do they do, lease it, Mr. Producer, or, or reserve it? Not enough time was reserved. We got a little late start, five or six or seven minute late start. It's supposed to be 10 minutes, so I think it was at a quarter up. Bump, the screen was empty. I said, all right, fine. So I don't want you to think, Fox cut me off, or Fox and Friends cut me off, the emails I made. No, it was just a technical error. That's all it was. That's all it was. You know, I look at the news today. It's incredible. This this Chuck Schumer, he's on the floor of the Senate today. I don't mean face down in a drunken stupor. He's on the floor of the Senate today. And as you know, many of you, it's very hot out. Of course, that's never happened before in July and August, but it's very hot out. So Chuck Schumer takes the opportunity to go to the Senate floor and say this. Cut 14, go. Carbon levels in the atmosphere are at the highest point ever in human history. Now, how do we know that? Let's just stop as a matter of logic. How do we know carbon levels in the atmosphere are the highest point in human history? Remember when there were dinosaurs? I don't mean personal experience there were dinosaurs roaming the earth these massive mammals massive mammals and massive amounts of vegetation which means there was a ton of carbon that is carbon dioxide from the plants and these massive animals that ingested what? oxygen so how do we know that carbon levels in the atmosphere at the highest point ever. Oh, in human history, he says. How do we know that? Seriously, how do we know what took place five, six, seven thousand years ago? There weren't any records of it. So they pretend to support science. They don't support science. They're liars. So it's very hot out, and he knows his base is stupid as hell. 
And so the base, well, you know, it is. It is hot out of climate change. They confuse that with weather change and the change in the seasons. And it's hot in the summer. It's cold in the winter. So when it's hot in the summer, it's climate change. When it's cold in the summer, it's climate change. When it's hot in the winter, it's climate change. When it's cold in the winter, it's climate change. When there's more rain, less rain, hurricanes, no hurricanes, tornadoes, how can you lose? How can you lose this argument? Particularly with the uh, kook base. Go ahead. BC reported this will be the hottest July on record. Last month, June, was the hottest June on record. We all know the consequences are going to be devastating, just devastating to our planet. If we fail whoa, to whoa, take- whoa, whoa, whoa. What, What's going to be devastating to the planet? <sighs> Boy, it, this is tough, because I've been working on this now for 15 years, talking about this for 15 years. I don't know that we're making any headway. I've written about this. I saw somebody, one of our favorite people on TV, go on and say, well, maybe we ought to deal with climate change. Just come up with a with an option or a proposal that uh, that's accommodating to people, that people can live with. We just always give in. It's incredible. It's like this budget today. Go ahead. Soon. It's time for the Senate to debate serious, significant policies to address climate change. And parenthetically, it's another place, McConnell's legislative graveyard. I have a better idea, uh, Crypt Keeper. Why don't we debate the border and see what we can do about securing the border? Would that be cool? Is it just another place, this uh, climate change stuff? It's amazing, isn't it? 25 years ago, they never talked about climate change. They never used that phrase in this context. So apparently the science has changed so massively for meteorologists and climatologists, so massively, that now we know what's going to happen hundreds of years from now. Nobody believed. You believe that, folks? They can't get the weather right five days from now. They have no idea what the climate's going to be three months from now. So let's think about this a second. If it's the hottest June on record, Mr. Producer, and if this month is the hottest July on record, I guess that means last year, June and July, were not the hottest on record, right? So why didn't they tell us last June and July it wasn't the hottest on record, that there were other hotter Junes and July? And what about next June and July, if they're not the hottest June and July on record? Will they remind us and say, you know what? It's not the hottest June and July on record. Tell me this. How about May? Was that the hottest May on record? I don't know. Do you know? Nobody knows. I wonder what August and September will be like. And if it's not the hottest or the coldest or the weirdest, they're not going to tell us, are they? No, they're not. What does Chuck Schumer know about climate change? Nothing. It's all ideological to him. It's an ideological device. Now, what do they want to do about climate change? Seriously. Control the economy. Well, who would control the economy? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, you, over there. Government, exactly. Now, who in the government is smart enough to control climate change? Anyone at the Agriculture Department? No. Interior Department? No. Energy? No. What are they going to do, pass a law? It's so preposterous. And then on top of that, based on our technologies, we've so significantly limited and reduced carbon emissions. 
China hasn't, India hasn't, and they're not going to. Now, carbon dioxide. Let's pretend we're in third grade science. Is carbon dioxide a pollutant? No. No, it's not a pollutant. It's a natural part of the atmosphere. In fact, it's a natural part of life. We breathe out carbon dioxide. Mr. Producer, you're breathing out carbon dioxide. And what do the plants intake? Carbon dioxide. In order to create what? Oxygen. And we need oxygen to live. There you go. There, third grade. What else is among the greenhouse gases? Condensation. What's that? Water. Why don't they regulate that? Because they can't figure out how to regulate that. Well, one day they'll try. You know, before a Supreme Court decision called Massachusetts versus the EPA, a decision written by John Paul Stevens, who just passed away and who lurched hard left, it was well understood, including at the EPA, that carbon dioxide was not a pollutant. And since carbon dioxide, folks, was not a pollutant, guess what? The EPA couldn't regulate it. It's called the Environmental Protection Agency. They don't get to regulate you know, natural events, natural elements. They have to regulate, quote-unquote, pollution. Well, since carbon dioxide is not a pollutant, it's all around you. They couldn't regulate it until a 5-4 to four decision in a case called Massachusetts versus the EPA. And you know what happened in that decision? John Paul Stevens decided that the Environmental Protection Agency could treat carbon dioxide as a pollutant. Why? Because he said so, and so did the other four leftists on the court. That's how you get federal EPA regulations on carbon dioxide. Really, the Supreme Court opened the doors it has in so many other areas. But carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. And there's not a damn thing human beings can do about it anyway. The sun's pretty powerful. Can we agree to that? The sun has a far bigger impact on the weather and even more the climate in America and all over the world than automobiles and cows and smokestack industries put together. We have almost no ability to control it. Almost none. This is another attack on industrialized America. Another attack on capitalism America. That's what it is. What's the answer here? Government, right? Why do you think the left keeps pushing it? More government. Tell me, if Chuck Schumer were really concerned about carbon dioxide emissions in America, which, of course, we human beings expel, then why doesn't he support closing the border in order to limit the number of people who come into America and thereby reduce carbon emissions, right? Because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work with his agenda, that's why. He wants open borders plus control over the economy. Government already has control over health care. They want control over air. They want control over water, the atmosphere. Then they have us by everything. They control us in every respect. We need a debate, you see, on carbon levels. A debate among morons. And by the way, you won't get a debate at NBC News. Because Chuck Todd, a fraud, he already announced in February 
that there will not be any man-made climate deniers allowed on Meet the Depressed. So all the brilliant physicists, climatologists, meteorologists, other people who are skilled and informed on this topic, far more than Chuck Todd, well, that really goes for any topic when you talk about Chuck Todd, they're not allowed on his show. Only the mouthpieces and propagandists and those who, who do research who are paid by the federal and state governments, they're allowed on Chuck Todd's show to push their propaganda. That's your media. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. You know, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm looking at something here. Ah, uh, the New York Times. They can't help themselves. I'm looking at the print hardcover bestsellers. Just giving you some inside baseball here. And uh, this is really quite sad. Print hardcover bestsellers for the last week, for this past week. That is, who sold the most books? I want to read some of this to you. Number one on nonfiction is a book called Educate. It's been there forever. They sold 19,721 books. That's pretty good. Number two, American Carnage by Tim Alberta. He sold 12,960 books. For a first week, kind of weak, actually. Number three, The Pioneers by David McCullough. 11,500 books. Number four, Becoming by Michelle Obama, 10,816 books. You with me so far, Mr. Producer? Number five, Three Women. I don't know what that is, but it's a nonfiction book. 9,712 books. Number six, Unfreedom of the Press, 16,943 books. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. What? 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 Can I try this again? Educated, number one, 19,721. American Carnage, number two, 12,960. The Pioneers, number three book, 11,500. Becoming, Obama's book, 10,816. Number five, three women, 9,712. Number six, Unfreedom of the Press, 16,943. This is how they do it. 
they're going to make sure Michelle Obama's book is up there for the rest of her life. And probably same with David McCullough, who's apparently a good guy, historian. But they hate me. They despise me. It was the number two book, nonfiction hardcover book, last week. Last week, for the week before, they gave me number five. Again, it was the number two book. The number two book. They gave me number five. Now they give me number six. Now look, no point in whining. I just want you to be aware of this. Because if you read the New York Times and that's all you read, which is pretty much the leftists, and they look at this list, they're going, wow, that book has dropped. I actually sold, thanks to you, more books at number six than I sold when they put me in number five. And I actually sold more books at number five than all the other books except for number one. Now, the New York Times keeps its, its model, its calculating model. They, they keep it confidential. You know, like a special sauce or something, McDonald's on a hamburger. They're never going to reveal it. But some have said what they do is they wait. These little Tony bookstores, you know, the the kind you might find like in Greenwich Village and so forth. They give them extra weight because, you know, the plebes, you know, you and me, we buy books at places like Costco or Amazon or Walmart or Books a Million. So they weight more heavily. These small left-wing Bookstores, you know, like poetry and prose. How conservative's going to go in there and buy my book, Washington, D.C.? So, just so you know, we're at 400,000 copies sold hardcover, ebook, and e audio. 400,000 in nine weeks, thanks to you. I'll be right back. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. America's most powerful conservative voice, the Mark Levin Show. I was on Hannity last night, 
I was on Fox and Friends this morning, even with a little technical faux pas. They're all my friends. And uh, let's see. But there's lots of guests. My Lord. Did you notice that, Mr. Producer? Just, I mean, people do whatever they want, but just lots and lots of guests. I just need a little time to explain my positions, that's all. And uh, this website, Mediaite, which is run by Dan Abrams. First, let's, let's listen to Dan Abrams. I'll give you another backstory if you're interested. What the hell, it's Thursday, right? Dan Abrams on The View today. Now, Dan Abrams, you have to understand, he really got where he is because of his father. His father's a famous First Amendment litigation lawyer. So he becomes a lawyer. He's a legal analyst, the legal analyst on ABC News. Why? What has Dan Abrams ever done? Not much. And he starts this website called Mediaite. It is loaded with left-wing crackpots. And all they do all day is watch TV, certain TV shows, looking for opportunities to ding conservatives and Fox News. Now, again, the guy who owns this site is an ABC News guy, which is exactly the point in Unfreedom of Press. So he watches the, the Mueller hearings, and this is what he gets out of this. Listen to this. Cut 15, go. There were a lot of times the Republicans would really go after Mueller. And then at the end of their time, Mueller would seem to want to respond. And then a Democrat would be up, and instead of saying, Mr. Mueller, can you please continue... They would start with some pre-scripted thing about the three elements of obstruction and this and that, and they completely lost, I think, uh, the public in that. With that said, this isn't a win for Donald Trump. I mean, you have there, again and again, Robert Mueller, in essence, saying he's lying. He's lying when he says no obstruction. He's lying when he says, I found no collusion. The answers that he gave to us were misleading, generally not truthful. How is that a win? Uh, for President Trump. Sounds like a very desperate man, doesn't he? He's very upset. How is this guy a journalist? Of course it was a win for Donald Trump. And what this legal analyst doesn't tell the audience on The View, again, low IQ, is that Mueller isn't God. Mueller isn't a judge. Mueller isn't the wise man. This is a prosecutor's brief. This I said on Hannity last night. That's all it is. None of it's been challenged. No contrary witnesses, no contrary documentation, no contrary uh, report, reply that was provided as part of the report. Nothing's been tested. That's the American judicial system. But this clown, Dan Abrams, with his phony hair glued to his head. This is what he tells The View. How is this a win for Trump? The great Mueller. The great Mueller. Didn't everybody hear what the great Mueller had to say? I mean, I mean, and the Democrats, of course, they didn't pick up on it. No. No, they, 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 just, let them, they just let the Republicans get away with it. You know, here's the thing. Those of us who watched it, you and I, not all of you, 
but those of us who watched it, we saw it. We know what the, we, we don't need it interpreted for us by uh, Dan Abrams, who runs this lousy website, Mediaite. We don't need help. We know what it says. So I'm on Fox and Friends this morning. I count Brian, Steve, and uh, everybody there. Ainsley as, as friends. They're all friends. And I'm continually asked. I'm asked on that program, asked on Hannity. You see it all over TV, not just Fox, but the other cable shows and network shows. Mueller's kind of slow. What's wrong with Mueller? What's the word they've been using? He was haunting. His, his responses were haunting. Maybe he didn't seem to be prepared. He didn't seem to stay. I said, no. I don't think that's the case at all. And I said the following. Because again, you know, Mark, uh, he couldn't even remember the, the dossier. And he didn't even know what Fusion GPS was. Ask over and over. And I said, look, I've seen people with onset dementia. I'm not going to mock this man. I'm reading exactly what I said. He obviously shouldn't have been there. He should have never headed this investigation. I'm not making allegations, I said. I'm not trying to be provocative. But the idea that Rod Rosenstein appointed this man to head the office is an outrage, and he's the one that ought to be questioned. Is that an offensive statement, Mr. Producer? Was I attacking Mr. Mueller? Was I mocking Mr. Mueller? No. But that was my observation, based on observations of other people who I've known. All of a sudden, you would have thought the sky fell. But not really, just a few people. But you would have, media, I thought it was so incredible that they took that segment and they put it on their site and they only have 536 comments. It must be driving them nuts. They're trying to push this out. Mark Levin is sales Muller on Fox and Friends. I've seen people with onset dementia, writes Ken Meyer. Ken Meyer is a puke. He's a punk. He's a leftist. That's all he is. So now you have Mediate and Ken Meyer taking what was, in fact, a a statement of, what would you call it? Of trying to be very, it's an observation, but I'm trying to be kind-hearted because I see what I see based on what, what I've seen before. And Ken Meyer and media, I think it's an opportunity for political exploitation of me. This is how low the media have gotten in this country. This is how low Dan Abrams and his website is. You can watch it yourself. It's right there. Well, don't do hits on them. But if you did watch it, it was in fact a comment which I felt sorry in some respects for the man. And I couldn't have been more clear. I'm not going to mock this man. He obviously shouldn't have been there. He should never have headed this investigation. I'm not making allegations. I'm not trying to be provocative. 
I don't know how else to put it. All these other people are saying effectively the same thing, but they're afraid to be attacked by Ken Meyer and media. I will defend what I said. We have a huge problem in this country with Alzheimer's and dementia and so forth. And it ought to be talked about from time to time at least, shouldn't it? That's what I felt that I saw. That's what I felt that I saw. Again, not in any respect, attempting to be disrespectful, in the least. Quite the contrary. This man should have been protected. He should have been protected by his staff. He should have been protected by the Democrats, who obviously knew there was an issue here. But he wasn't. I have no idea why Rod Rosenstein appointed him. All they had to do was meet with him and talk to him. So in my view, it wasn't that he hadn't studied the report or not. Obviously, he hadn't read much of the report, and he hadn't written the report. He was unable to do it. And it raises a serious question how an individual like this in this kind of situation could be appointed to such a high-level position that affects the country and affects the presidency and so forth. It is a legitimate discussion to have, but not a mediate. Because they're looking for political exploitation. Everything is a win or a lose with those guys. You're either on their side, pushing the Democrat Party agenda, like the rest of the media. Or you're to be attacked, and you can't have an honest discussion about anything. It's a grotesque abuse of the web. It's a grotesque abuse of Mr. Abrams' position as an ABC News legal analyst. And Ken Meyer, you should be ashamed of yourself. You are the lowest of the low lives to try and take Mueller's condition, whether I'm right or wrong, and to use it for political gain when you pretend to be some kind of a journalist. You are a true lowlife. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free. At levinforhillsdale.com, that's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right, let's take a look at the Mediaite homepage here. I don't recommend you see it. I'll, I'll go through this. It's like waterboarding. 
Pro-Trump Republican challenging Ilhan Omar is a Q non-conspiracist accused of shoplifting $2,000 of merchandise from Target. Trump calls out Sweden over ASAP Rocky charges. Let our African-American community down. I, I don't the t- what else we have here? Rudy Giuliani tears into Mueller's pathetic hearing performance. He's losing it. Dan Abrams argues hearing was not a win for Trump. This is his site, of course. Mueller repeatedly testified the president is lying. The Daily Show's perfect montage showing just how much Devin Nunes copied Sean Hannity at Mueller hearing. Mark Levin assails Mueller on Fox and Friends. I've seen people with onset dementia. Senator Marsha Blackburn interview on Fox Business interrupted by falling light fixture. Little girl, don't you know what you're getting into? State Senator reportedly threatened over Epstein investigation. Video of Representative Ilian Omar allegedly saying Americans should be fearful of white men is misleadingly edited. Fox News scores big ratings for Mueller hearing, beating cable and network television. Did Fox News anchor Shepard Smith get the Puerto Rico governor to resign? Maggie Haberman, that's a New York Times hack, says one big piece of news Mueller made was supposed to walk back, not the Trump line under oath. Zion just got paid. Too bad his friends at Duke won't. Trump tells Bill de Blasio to act after NYPD officers soaked by buckets of water. Fox News poll finds majority of Americans think Trump's go-back comments were racist. And so forth. Wasted carbon footprint, I would say. Good job, Dan Abrams at ABC News. No accountability, none whatsoever. But you keep gluing that thing on in the morning on your head. Goes out there, shoots a squirrel, glues it to his head. How about that? All right. Let's see who's out there. Wow. Board's full. Moses. Our friend Moses on Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hey, how's it going, Mark? Uh, All right, my friend. Thank you for taking my call and seeing on this. Um, Mark, I wanted to make, if I get to change, two points. My first point is that I just find it mind-boggling that the Mueller report cited news agencies like the Washington Post, uh, even Fox, but the amount of times that that he cited news agencies on the report was just baffling to me. Like, aren't you supposed to be doing the investigating? And even Mm -hmm. if you find something interesting that a news agency reported, doesn't that give you then the, uh, the, the, like, you have to go out there and actually see if it's credible or not to just sit Moses, do you have a copy of Unfreedom of the Press? Mark, I have two. (laughs) Oh, I was going to tell you. Well, thank you. I was going to tell you, here's the deal. You cannot distinguish between Democrats and journalists, between progressives and journalists, between social activists and journalists. They're out of the closet. They don't even conceal it anymore. The only issue among them, and I explain this in Chapter 1, is this. Do they still pretend to be objective journalists? Or do they get rid of that, that, that phony facade and come out of the closet and admit it? Yes. Yes, we're progressive because... That's the way the country ought to be moved. So they're split on that decision. They do both. But they're still the same thing. 
Go ahead. Well, the funny thing is, before I make my second point, is that if they did that, Mark, I would still probably check on them once in a while just to get a second opinion because that's how I am. Even if they were to come out and say that, at least they'd be honest. You're right. Well, that's that. good. I, I like the doctor analogy. They're, they're sort of the proctologists of politics. But anyway, go right ahead. <laughs> My second uh, kind of a power statement I want to make is uh, for, for those people that I, I hear here and there uh, on our side that say, you know, they, they feel bad for Mueller. Um, I don't feel bad for him at all. And the reason why is, if you think about it, if you go back to when this whole thing started, just as much as he's become the villain on his own, you know, doing, uh, he could have been such a hero for this country had he stepped in and said, whoa, whoa, wait a second. This is not right, and I'm not going to let this happen. Mm -hmm. This could have been the whole other way around. He could have went down a as, a as a legend. For it's it's very true, Moses, and I don't feel – I feel empathy for him because I, I feel I know what he's going through because I've seen it before. That said – I feel sorry for the president because the president is the victim here. And he's been the victim since before he was president. He was the victim when the FBI unleashed spies into his campaign. He was the victim when the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC laundered their money through a law firm. This Christopher Steele, a foreign ex-spy who worked with the Russians to come up with opposition research. They call fancy, you know, dossier. He's the victim because of what Comey and McCabe and Baker and Strzok and Page and the others did in the FISA court. And when we come back, I have a question for all of you, ladies and gentlemen. Is it possible that Barack Obama didn't know any of this? He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. This is our two, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Question. Is it possible this all took place without Obama knowing? Answer. No, it's not. The reason why, really, the Weissman Special Counsel's Office didn't go into all these areas with Hillary and the DNC, Fusion GPS, Christopher Steele, the opposition research, the spies placed in the Trump campaign, the, uh, the lies to the FISA court, not once but repeatedly, the effort by McCabe to overthrow the president under the 25th Amendment, and on and on and on, is because to have done so would have exposed Hillary Clinton, the DNC, and Obama. That's why what the Attorney General is doing is so important. And hopefully the Inspector General as well. So of course Obama had to know. Look, over two years ago, when I came to this microphone first and I put together the, the case that the Obama government, the Obama regime, had been eavesdropping on the President of the United States, I did it from the public record. So if I had access to the public record, so did the President of the United States, Obama. Moreover, we heard Adam Schiff and others go on and on about how awful it is the, that the Russians interfered in our election. I agree with that. But then they had the wrong witness. 
Barack Obama should have been the witness. Joe Biden should have been a witness. Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, she should have been a witness. Clapper, Brennan, they should have been witnesses. Loretta Lynch should have been a witness. That was the government. These were the officials who were in charge when the Russians were interfering in the 2016 election. Donald Trump was and is the victim. So what kind of hearing is it that you're going to go into Russia, but you're not going to talk to them? What kind of investigation is it that you're going to look into Russia collusion, but you're not going to investigate them? I think we know. Now, my good buddy Brent Bozell, who uh, is in charge of the Media Research Center and Newsbusters, has created all these wonderful uh, sites to check the media to try and get the truth to the American people. They put together a montage, and he sent it to me earlier today, of the hosts and anchors before the Mueller hearing with high hopes. And then they were crushed after the hearing. And now we're going to play that. But now you're going to see they're trying to reverse course. They're trying to breathe life into what we thought was a dead issue. Because they're ideologues, ladies and gentlemen. They're progressive ideologues. They are social activists. Cut four, go. Everybody here in D.C. counting down to Mueller time. Pretty much whatever happens tomorrow is high stakes. High stakes hearing on Capitol Hill. The stakes are extremely high. The stakes are so high. The stakes could not be higher. We are on the eve of historic hearings. Historic. Historic Historic testimony. Historic. 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 This is the room where history will unfold. You really can't overestimate what is on the line for Democrats when it comes to Robert Mueller's testimony. This is a very big deal. So crucial. Really, really important. Very dramatic. Mueller's testimony this morning could be their last best chance to convince the public to support impeachment. Do you think there's a make-or-break moment? Look, it's their make-or-break moment. Could the outcome sway undecided House Democrats on impeachment? What happens here today is likely to be a turning point in the fight over impeachment. Do you think that it could change the dial on impeachment? It's going to be very damning. The recitation of that evidence could be incredibly damaging. A key moment in the Trump presidency. Testifying before Congress with the presidency at stake. This is either going to be the world's biggest event the Mueller movie, or a dud because there's nothing new. That that question, was the ball advanced? No. Impeachment's over. They needed more fuel for any kind of impeachment effort. So look, on optics, this was a disaster. Um, A lot of Democrats in particular used the D word and branded this a disaster early on. The media, America, the free press. Pete Buttigieg was at the NAACP forum yesterday. I'm sure he wasn't pandering at all. Mayor of a small town, can't even run a small town. But he should be president of the United States. I mean, after all, Obama ran nothing. Cut five, go. There is more than enough in that report to interpret it as an impeachment referral. Uh, I believe that an impeachment inquiry would bring more facts to light. I also believe that the Republican Senate will not act. And so uh, I'm focusing on the best thing I can do about the Trump presidency, which is to defeat it in November of 2020. Wow. Try and follow that guy. What was his answer? (laughs) Yes, just vote for me. That's the answer, right? Pete Buttigieg. Hey, look, weirder things have happened. Obama did get elected. But it won't happen this time. Now, Andrew McCabe, in my view, who should be in an orange jumpsuit in a 
prison cell with a guy named Bruce. Uh, Andrew McCabe on CNN today. Cut six, go. From my own experience at the very beginnings of this investigation, we confronted some very hard choices. All right, stop here. You realize how loathsome you are, you clown? From the very beginning. Sounds like a voice for an 800 number. From the very beginning. From my own experience at the very beginning of this investigation. You understand you're under investigation, right? Clown. For leaking and then lying about it. That's okay. I'm on CNN. CNN likes guys like me. Go ahead. You would have uh, negative repercussions on our organization and on us personally. Oh, he's worried about negative repercussions on the FBI. This guy, who did enormous damage to the reputation of the FBI, unfortunately, because I'm a big fan of the FBI, he's worried about negative repercussions on their organization. I wonder if we had a vote of the men and women of the FBI, how they would vote on McCabe. Go ahead. Anyway, because it was our job and our duty to do so, uh, I feel strongly that that's the same position Congress is in now, and they should step up to the plate and do their job. See, see, this just shows you how sick this man was all along. That he wants Trump impeached. This was the number two guy at the FBI. Go ahead mean that the president will be removed from office or should be removed for off from office or will be impeached. But it is absolutely clear to me that the time has come for Congress to pursue a dedicated impeachment inquiry. Well, then let's do it by all means, because Andrew McCabe, who Andrew McCabe said we should. Well, then we must. Now, look, he's not sure that the president will be impeached, whether he'll be, uh, you know, Removed or whatever. We ought to have another hearing. See. Mr. Leaker says. Mr. Depends. I'm just going through to show you they don't learn. And they're not going to stop. Then we go to Al Green. Now, not the great singer. The great loser. Al Green. I believe he's of Houston, Texas, may I say. If I'm wrong, who cares? Al Green's been introducing resolutions of impeachment, you know, since he was about seven years old. Any Republican president deserves to be impeached because in Al Green's world, the fact that you're a Republican is a high crime and misdemeanor. Cut seven, go. Mr. Speaker, and still I rise because I love my country and I also rise because I believe that we are currently... In a constitutional crisis. Oh, that's back. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Russia collusion? Check. No. Obstruction? Check. No. Constitutional crisis. Now, the very party and ideologues who reject the Constitution wave it around when they seek to destroy it further. Go ahead. The executive branch of the government is refusing to honor subpoenas lawfully issued by committees of the Congress. They weren't lawfully issued in many instances, for sure. And just because Congress issues a subpoena doesn't mean it's lawful, doesn't mean it's constitutional. We have something called separation of powers, you idiot. That's why we have an Article One and an Article Two. Article One for Congress, Article Two for the executive. Idiot. 
And just because you clowns issue subpoenas on the president's taxes, on his family, on his businesses, on his finances, including you know, what his banks, doesn't mean he has to honor them. He challenges them. And he's been challenging them in the courts, which is what he's supposed to do. That's Article 3. One, two, three. Even a moron should understand that. But then again, he's a liberal. So the president is not violating the Constitution or committing any high crimes and misdemeanors. He's following a process. A process for these preposterous subpoenas. Go ahead. The executive branch of the government does not respect the judiciary. Neither do I, by the way. Go ahead. In a constitutional crisis. What do you mean you don't realize there's some judicial edict that the president hasn't complied with? You must be confusing him with Obama. I think he is. Go ahead. Have a duty, an obligation, and a responsibility to do something about this. So I rise today, Mr. Speaker. Ah, sit down, you idiot. Wasting everybody's time. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. We're having a hell of a time here, ladies and gentlemen. Going through the uh, the list of the uh, insane asylum uh, members here. And there's always Joe Scarborough on the Morning Schmo Show. This is a very, very ill man. Completely unhinged. Rejected by so many. And that MSLSD... You see that Andrea Mitchell? She's completely lost it. Lost what she had left. One ding dong after another. Do they still sell ding dongs, Mr. Producer? Do you even know what I'm talking about? They do? I never liked those things. Anyway, Joe Scarborough on the morning Joe. Cut eight, go. Well, Mickey, you know, some people will talk about optics. Optics don't really matter here. So he's taking a shot, of course, at Chuck Todd. Everyone takes a shot at Chuck Todd. Because he's the idiot dunce sitting in the corner with the dunce hat. Everybody knows that. With his uh, third grade haircut. Go ahead. 
Democrats got all the facts they needed. Yeah. That the president of the United States acted in, inappropriately. Ladies and gentlemen, the president, you know, the Democrats got all the facts. Now, now, Scarborough is a lawyer, you see. Maybe he's been a defendant, too. Maybe Mika has. Who knows? But he's a lawyer. So, you see, they got all the facts. They got the prosecutor's report. No counter witnesses, no other documents, no challenges, nothing. They got all the facts. They got everything they need for Joe. For Joe Scarborough. He's a very sick man. All the facts they need for high crimes and misdemeanors. So Joe Scarborough wants the House now to impeach Donald Trump. Now, why does he really want the House to impeach Donald Trump? You want to know why? Because a ways back, when Joe Scarborough was a big Donald Trump fan, remember that in the Republican primaries, Mr. Producer? He and Mika were slobbering all over him. It was embarrassing. Children couldn't even watch. Children couldn't watch. That's how sick it was. And uh, the president's first speech for the joint houses of Congress in January after he got elected, Joe Scarborough weaseled and got a special ticket for a seat. And, and the cameras, when he jumped up like a clapping clown, like a clapping seal, they're on Joe, and you could see him jumping up every time the president finished his sentence. Then the president really took a shot at him. Really laid into him sometime later after Joe began the process of Mika-izing himself. And as he was Mika-izing himself, he got nastier and nastier about the president, so the president let him have it. And referred to some story, I believe, about his office or whatever it was. And the morning schmo took that very, very personally. And as he was being Mika-ized, and he took this very, very personally with his eventual would-be wife, he turned on Trump, and he's never looked back. So for Joe, the morning schmo Scarborough, it's about Joe and the fact that he was offended by what the president said about him. Now he wants him removed from office. Now he wants him out. That's why he refers to him as Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini. It's all personal for Schmo. Now, of course, he's not a very bright man, as you can tell by his odd speech impediments. Uh, uh you know, Mika, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh. And uh, he would like to see Trump removed, but here's the problem for Joe, he can't add. There's not enough votes in the Senate to remove him. But he wants a spectacle. He likes it. He likes it. He wants political burlesque. Much like his show is media burlesque. And there's a little round table of nitwits, perverts, miscreants, and malcontents. And plagiarists. Did I mention that? Go ahead. Either start an impeachment inquiry or they should leave it yep. for good. But, but you know what? If they don't start an impeachment inquiry, given all we learned yesterday, uh, then, then obviously nothing justifies an impeachment inquiry. And the Democrats not... All right, stop right. Have you followed him, folks? Are you following this? Of course not. Of course not. 
Go ahead. That inquiry will be proving Donald Trump right, that he can do the equivalent of shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue and uh, nothing will be done about it. Very good, Joe. Always one for the profound. That is the profoundly stupid. Make sure you watch Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Sunday night. We actually have an intelligent program. I have two unbelievable guests. The 75th Attorney General of the United States and the 81st Attorney General of the United States. That would be Meese and McKay. We're going to discuss the report. We're going to discuss the hearing. We're going to discuss the Office of the Special Counsel, what was, what was not investigated. We're going to discuss impeachment. We're going to discuss the president's conduct. For those of you who feel like you've lost IQ points just listening to that clip, you can gain them back times 10 by watching our program Sunday night. It's going to be a really big shul because these are two heavyweights, Ed Meese and Mike McKenzie, two outstanding individuals, patriots, two attorneys general, and they're going to say some things that you're not expecting in a good way. Did the attorney general actually say that? Yes, he did. Now, I know it won't be as entertaining as uh, Joe Scarba and Mika Brzezinski uh, making cross-eyes at each other and talking in a very haunted, can we say haunted way? They they both look very frail to me. Do they look frail to you, Mr. Producer? They look frail, and they're talking in a haunted way. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit. But most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin. Tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Likewise, Mr. President. We'll get back to the the Democrat media insane asylum in a little bit. But first, I want to tell you about the neocons, the Israelis, and John Bolton. They're at it again. This story from The Sun. Tensions flare. Iran fires ballistic missile. 1,000 kilometers in provocative test amid tanker row with U.S. and U.K. Iran has reportedly test-fired a ballistic missile amid escalating tensions with the U.S. and U.K. in the Gulf. The Shahab-3 missile traveled 1,000 kilometers but did not pose a threat to shipping or U.S. bases, according to a Pentagon official. Iran is believed to have tested the medium-range missile on Wednesday in a bid to improve the range and accuracy of its weapons. News of the provocation emerged after Boris Johnson ordered the Royal Navy to accompany all British flag vessels through the Strait of Hormuz. 
This ramping up of the Navy's protection mission by the new PM comes in the wake of Iran seizing Brit tanker the Stena Impero. Marks a dramatic escalation of the crisis with Iran following weeks of heightened tensions in the region. Tensions soared following Donald Trump's decision last year, now listen to this, to withdraw from the nuclear deal and impose maximum sanctions on Iran. In the past few weeks, Iran has shot down a U.S. spy drone and six oil tankers have been sabotaged near the strait. The U.S. has downed at least one Iranian drone after the USS Boxer took defensive action last Thursday, and a second Iranian drone may have been destroyed. Iran possesses the largest and most diverse missile arsenal in the Middle East, according to the CSIS Missile Defense Project. And it goes on, of course. Iran has 32 batteries of Russian-made S-300 ground-to-air missiles that have been delivered by Moscow since 2016. They're seen as posing a serious threat. The Islamic Republic has also developed Iranian versions of these missile systems, including the Bavar 373, the Sam Tabas, and the Sam Rod, which are regularly displayed at military parades. And the Revolutionary Guards claim they shot down the U.S. drone with a Kordad 3 missile, a version of the Sam Rand. And it goes on. Now, Mark, what does this have to do, you might ask, with the neocons, the Israelis, and John Bolton? Well, I'm just trying to adopt the mindset of the great senator from Kentucky who wants special tax benefits for the bourbon industry, and that would be Rand Paul. And his sidekick, the Southern Avenger, pro-secessionist, Jack Hunter. Isn't this the fault of the Israelis? And the neocons? And John Bolton? And the inbred warmongers who are enshrined in America? Isn't this the fault of the Jews? Now, can we agree, ladies and gentlemen, that Iran is an Islamo-Nazi regime? It is a terrorist regime that has killed thousands of Americans directly and through Hezbollah. Can we agree that it now has missile technology that it's seeking to perfect? Can we agree that they want nuclear warheads on their missiles? Can we agree it's not America's fault? It's not Donald Trump's fault? It's not Israel's fault? It's not John Bolton's fault? Can we agree? I think we can. That there's a kook brigade within the Republican Party and in this country, both in the media and in Congress. The blame America first crowd. Now what happens here, you see, is they get more and more emboldened to the Islamo-Nazi terrorists. More and more emboldened. And if and when the president begins to further stand up to them, perhaps militarily, he will come under further attack. Because the truth is, It's the same mindset as Bernie Sanders, as Ilhan Omar. Oh, you don't understand. You're a warmonger, Mark. Not a warmonger in the least. I haven't done anything. It really is amazing. The phony debates that we have in so many respects. Okay, now, that was a little break. 
let's return to insanity. Adam Schiff, ladies and gentlemen, was on CNN today. I don't know why they just don't hire him as a permanent contributor. And he's interviewed by John Berman, who has the IQ of a snail. Let's listen to this back and forth between Berman and Schiff. Can you guess who the journalist is and who the politician is? I bet you can't. Cut nine, go. What happened at that Democratic caucus meeting that we understand was a robust discussion that concerned what to do with impeachment? Well, I don't discuss the, you know, the contents of our caucus meetings, but uh, look, we have uh, members who feel you know, passionately about this issue. I think we all do. We're all wrestling with it. I think those that uh, are ready to pull the trigger and say, let's begin the impeachment, feel the, their hand is even stronger after this hearing. Wait, 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 wait. Their hand is even stronger after this hearing? Are these the dead-enders, the headbangers? What are they? What, what is this? You know, that was a hell of a hearing. That made the case to the American people. Made the case for indictments. We never had hearings. Unbelievable, those hearings. They were just smashing. And they underscore the need for impeachment, ladies and gentlemen, don't you know? They underscore the need for impeachment. So, as uh, Joe Scarborough says, we got all the facts there. Uh, uh, we got all the facts. What else do we need? Go ahead. I tried an impeachment case in the Senate about 10 years ago. A corrupt judge, we convicted him, so I have some sense of what it's necessary to make that case. No, you don't, schmuck. A judge is different from a president. Tell me, how many federal judges are elected? Anybody know? None. Well, I tried that case, you know, the uh, federal judge. So I know something about this. Oh, I couldn't. Could you see Adam Schiff walking over to the Republican-controlled uh, Senate trying a case against Donald Trump? This Adam Schiff is so pathetic. He's such a coward. He won't come on any of my... Mr. Producer, let's prove the point. Would you invite Adam Schiff on my radio show, please? Would you invite... Gerald Nadler on my radio show, please. Who else is out there? Let's start with those two. Sacco and Vansetti. I mean, uh, Nadler and Schiff. Go ahead. I have very little illusion about getting a conviction in the Senate, but there's another jury that I am more concerned about, and that's the jury of the American people. Well, we all know that's the purpose of impeachment, ladies and gentlemen, to be used as a political ploy for an upcoming election. It's a matter of whether we convict, you know. Just need to impeach, get the hearings going, get this thing going, and make a big spectacle of everything. While the border is open, while the Iranians are on the move, the Chinese are on the move, the Russians are on the move. And then what we can do is destroy the economy, blame it on Trump, and then we can win an election. And then we can get one of our great Democrats elected, like Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg. Or the late, great Joe Biden? Who else is out there? They're all really the same when it comes to ideas and ideology. Anyway, go ahead, please. I want to be sure if we head down that road that we have the case to make the American people. Are you closer today than yesterday? See, now this is a very, very serious journalist, is John Berman. Hey, you any closer than you were yesterday? Hey, come on, come on, guys. Please, yeah, can't. 
Impeach, impeach. All being driven by the media. They looked ridiculous yesterday. They were destroyed yesterday. By themselves and by the Republicans. It couldn't have been worse for the Democrats. It couldn't have been worse for Mueller. And it's like two different ways. Hey, hey, uh, is it closer today than yesterday? What do you think? What do you think there? Go ahead. Um, Well, you know, I do think that Robert Mueller lived up to expectations, at least mine. He He lived up to expectations, ladies and gentlemen. Robert Mueller did. This guy is a filthy liar. This guy Schiff just lies, the propaganda. You know, you people outside of Los Angeles who elect this clown, you deserve everything you get. The problem is we have to live with this jerk, too. I don't care. You want him to make mayor of your major town, control your county. Great. Take him back. May I say this to Mr. Schiff? Go back where you came from. Los Angeles or wherever it is, please. And you're not a woman of color. Last time I checked, please. Go back where you came from, which I think is, where is it, Mr. Is Los Angeles? I don't know. I don't know. And I noticed yesterday the president, well, he let Schiff have it, he let Nadler have it, and he let Mueller have it. And I just want to remind the media, as I did yesterday, they are not women of color. (gasps) What? That's right. Schiff is born in Massachusetts. Okay, go back to Massachusetts. Go back where you came from. I say that to all the liberals who move into my community. Go back to where you came from. Get the hell out of here. Ooh. That's racist. No, most of them are white, actually. Well, that's anti-Semitic. No, I'm Jewish. Wow, you're just a hater, right-wing nut. Cut 10, please. Go. 2020 is unquestionably the only way he gets removed from office, so we can never lose sight of that. Um, I have tried to put the political question out of my head. That is, doesn't impeachment... Oh, oh, he's tried to put the political question out of his head. But he's failed, ladies and gentlemen. Because that big head and that pea brain that he has, it's all about politics all the time. He's failed. You know, when you're preparing to travel abroad this summer, the one app that needs to be on your checklist is ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN doesn't just encrypt your data while you surf the Internet on public airport and hotel Wi-Fi. It even lets you stream and access content that normally would have been blocked in that country. With ExpressVPN, you can unblock all your favorite websites and have access to the Internet just like you would if you were home. ExpressVPN runs in the background of your computer or phone. Then you use the Internet just like you normally would. ExpressVPN costs less than $7 a month and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Don't travel anywhere this summer without downloading ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash mark. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark to learn more. We'll be right back. 
If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. All right, I'm here. What one did you think I would be? As many of you know, I was recently at the Reagan Library signing copies of Unfreedom of the Press for thousands of wonderful patriots and Levinites. And I have to admit, I met thousands and thousands of wonderful people during these book signings, and I miss all of you. I really do. It was an absolute honor and fantastic experience for my family and me. Now, for those of you who couldn't attend the Reagan Library event, it was magnificent, but I have great news for you. Levin TV's cameras were there and captured the entire event. Now, if you're a big fan of this show and you haven't yet subscribed to Levin TV, please consider subscribing today. And to see the Reagan Library book signing event, including some behind-the-scenes segments, you can't get anywhere else. Also, if you're enjoying Unfreedom of the Press, you want to check out a series of companion episodes we produce for Levin TV, which I go through each chapter of the book and provide additional commentary and insight about the absolute failure of the modern mass media. Now, to see these episodes and many more, go to levintv.com and sign up today. That's L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. Enter promo code LEVIN, and you'll get $10 off your annual subscription. Is the phone number still there? Do we know, Mr. Producer? I think it is. You can call 844-LEVIN-TV. America, Levinites who haven't signed up, check that toll-free number. See if it's working. That's Levin TV, L E V I N TV dot com, promo code Levin or call 844 Levin TV. And tell them I said you get $10 off your annual subscription. All right. Let's take a call here, shall we? Yes, we can. Tom, Silver Spring, Maryland, the great W M A L. Go. Yes, sir. Um, I was wondering if you can help me understand something. That's if what Mr. I'm here Mueller, for. <laughs> if Mr. Mueller wrote the report for the Justice Department, and it's under review by the Justice Department, why do they allow the word exonerate to remain in the report? They didn't take anything out of the report. Excuse me, I'm sorry? They didn't change any part of the report, any of it. Right, right. I was just wondering why, if there's no legal standard for it. Under well, the whole volume two, there's no legal standard for it, which was the point. So un- unless the attorney general said, you know, we're not releasing volume two, it's a sham. Uh, they they couldn't cut and paste and cherry pick and all the rest of it. First of all, they didn't have time for it. 
but uh, you raise an interesting question. Why release the report at all? And that's because the current attorney general testified during his confirmation hearings, and he wouldn't have been approved otherwise, that he would release as much of the report as he possibly could, unadulterated. Right. Yeah, okay. I, I was just wondering how in the world, you know, everybody's on the, on the air saying this, how in the world mm-hmm. does that even, you know, go by? They pat him on the head, send him back, and rewrite it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't but that, 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 I, I wouldn't even trust them to rewrite or anything else. The fact is this, is, this is effectively dead now. The media are trying in their last pathetic gasps to breathe some life into it. But there is no life. The American people are exhausted from this. Aren't you exhausted from this? I am. I am. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of it. And then I'm angry that they're not taking care of the border. Then I'm angry that they're spending like drunken Marxists. And then I hear more and more people talking about, you know, that they want the government to control like drug prices. I'm going, what? are you out of your mind? That'll mean less drugs at higher prices. All right, Tom, thank you for your call, my friend. Let's continue. Mike, Kensington, Maryland, the great WMAL, go. Good evening, Mark. How are you? All right. How are you, sir? Uh, quick question and then a comment. You know the old line about Kensington, don't you? Okay. Lay it on me, Mark. What Kensington make, the world takes. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, excuse uh, me. That's Trenton. Go ahead. Say, Montgomery County is exactly the same way in the, yes. in the wonderful socialist state of Maryland anyway. No, no, no. They would say what Montgomery County makes uh, is nothing we would if we could, but we can't. Go ahead. We take it away. Real quick, uh, my head's been kind of exploding here the last 24 hours. What, what on God's green earth did the Democrats hope to gain by putting Mueller uh, put Mueller through this. They thought they would get a political kill shot, and they thought that even though Mueller was not really up to the task, they would just read from the report. Right, Mr. Mueller? Yes. Right, Mr. Mueller? Yes. Now, some of the media are still trying to do that with some of his answers. Yeah. Right, but, I mean, they, we've been told for weeks that he's going to stick to the four corners of the report, and, and even, you know, when he went to uh, Attorney General Barr... Barr but, but I'm saying they felt the report was strong enough, but the people just didn't understand it. You know, their mentality... People are just too stupid. So we got to read it out loud for them. Get Mueller to confirm, yes, he committed obstruction ten times, and then we're made in the shape. Problem is, that's not what happened. Thanks, buddy. We'll be back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. As I mentioned, I was on Hannity last night. I think many of you saw that. And I thought you might want to take a little quick listen to this. I was supposed to get six or seven minutes. Turns out I got barely four. It's all right. Long conga line of guests. Big night. Cut one. Go. What I love about you is your brain more than anything else. And you are a great constitutional scholar. I worried about a republic after what I saw today more than I have at any point. And I've been worried for a while. You know, let me do a little summation here. As far as Robert Mueller goes... I'm of two minds for Robert Mueller. No, he was in no condition to testify, but on the other hand, he was in no condition to be a special counsel. And he should not have accepted the job, and Rod Rosenstein should never have offered him the job. 
The victim here is not Mueller. The victim here is the President of the United States and all the other people who are around him. Now, I want people to keep something in mind about this 448-page report. It is a prosecutor's brief. It was their best shot. There's no reply report by the president that was permitted. There's no contrary witnesses, no contrary documents, no contrary evidence, no cross-examinations, no challenges of any type. So this is a really Soviet-style process we're going through. And I want to thank the Democrats because they really revealed themselves as the clowns that they truly are. They've impeached themselves today and forevermore. If the Democrats were truly interested, Mr. Schiff, which you said over and over again, in overwhelming Russian involvement in our campaign, then why the hell didn't you call Barack Obama and Joe Biden to testify? Why the hell didn't you call Clapper and Brennan and Lynch and Comey and Hillary Clinton? They're in charge of our government. They're the ones who allowed the Russians to have overwhelming influence on our campaign. And they kept their mouths shut because they thought Hillary would win and they didn't want to taint her election. Where's Barack Obama today? He's on some ship in the Caribbean, I suppose. Where's Hillary Clinton? Where are any of them? Now, that's that. Now, I want to talk about obstruction of justice. These liberal Democrats who ran this operation are such incompetent boobs, they cited three criminal obstruction statutes that don't apply now that people have studied this. Moreover, what document exactly did the president withhold? None. What, what witness did the president prevent from testifying? Not one. What investigator or prosecutor did the president fire? Not one. What resources did the president withhold? Not one. No conspiracy, no obstruction. Now let's talk a little bit more about obstruction. I mentioned Mark, this on your show before. Mark, we got about 45 seconds. Go ahead, sir. Well, it's too late then. Uh, yeah, no, let's no, talk about outside Mueller's purview. Everything's outside Mueller's purview. Outside, Hillary Clinton, the DNC, Fusion GPS, Christopher Steele, Russia's role in the Steele dossier, the FISA applications, McCabe's links, Stroh's leaks, Comey's leaks, McCabe's coup attempt, outside of the purview, Rosenstein's conflict of interest, FBI placing spies in the Trump campaign, Obama administration's unmasking of American citizens, the Obama administration's failure to stop the Russians, all outside the purview. But Manafort's taxes? Oh, we never heard the end of it. All right, I'm done, brother. Mark, um, there were only a couple of us that put our neck out in the beginning on this. You were one of them. Thank you. All right. Now, Fox News this morning. This gets a little dicey, but that's all right. Cut two, go. We finally were press free and we were just able to be to go for the facts yesterday. Mark, who was the biggest surprise for you as lawmakers teed off on Robert Mueller for five to six hours? You know, um, Brian, there are no surprises for me. I, I think the American people need to understand something here. This is the greatest political scandal in American history. And it's still going on. And it was led by Obama and it was led by Hillary Clinton. I want you to think about this. The FBI placed spies in the Trump campaign. They used a former British spy to conduct opposition research who was funded by money laundered through a law firm through the Hillary campaign and the DNC. What did he do? He went to Russians to get disinformation to put together opposition research. Then he lobbied the FBI along with certain senators to open a FISA application to get a warrant against the Trump campaign. Uh, 
In other words, they were trying to kill off the Trump campaign. They failed to kill off the Trump campaign. This is Obama, Hillary, and their surrogates in law enforcement and in the intelligence agencies. This is very, very serious. This is exactly why the nest of left-wing Democrat donors who were controlling the so-called Mueller mm-hmm. investigation didn't look at any of it because Mark. they didn't want to... Yes. <laughs> Mueller could have used you sitting Go next ahead. to him. What's your question? Mr. Mueller could have used you yesterday sitting next to him instead of his uh, former chief of staff because you've got the answers. Wasn't it frustrating yeah. to you when you were watching that... Uh, the uh, the Congress people would ask seemingly reasonable questions, and he go, you know what? Read the report, or yeah, I, I'm not going to talk well, about. Can that. you repeat the question? Well, the the, re- the reason, look, I've seen people with onset dementia. I'm not going to mock this man. He's obviously shouldn't have been there. He should never have headed this investigation. I'm not making any allegations. I'm not trying to be provocative, but the idea that Rod Rosenstein appointed this man to head this office is an outrage. And he's the one who ought to be questioned about that. That's number one. Number two, everybody around Mueller knew he was incapable of doing what he did. I've always said it was his number two hatchet man, Weissman. Weissman brings in a nest of leftists to investigate the president of the United States. That's why this long list, I won't bother you with it, of areas that should have been investigated by any prosecutor who's not Helen Keller would have seen this stuff, heard this stuff, done something about this. He did nothing. Now we have an attorney general who's a stand-up guy who's going to look into it. There's a bigger issue here that I want the American people to understand. There was an effort by the Obama administration and the Clinton campaign and continuing with the Democrat Party to destroy your electoral system. Nearly 63 million people voted for Donald Trump, despite what the FBI tried to do to him, despite what a British spy tried to do to him, despite what a FISA court tried to do to him, despite what Obama and Hillary and the DNC tried to do to him. He won. Now they're trying to take him out. They're still at it. So they move from the political and they move into the criminal. They failed again. Yesterday they were further exposed. People are not seeing the big picture here. This is a scandal of monumental proportions. We can dig into every issue. Why Why wasn't this looked at? Why wasn't that looked at? Pull it all together. There are right. puzzle pieces here. Mark, we haven't we haven't confirmed anything about his health. There hasn't been anything released about that. He, he I agree, but he made seem, it quite obvious. Well, did, yeah, he was not on his game yesterday, and everyone has said it was really sad to watch. Um, but you know, we just need to re- pray for him, I guess, and pray for his family. Okay, that was it, and then the satellite was killed, and it wasn't intentional. We got conspiracy theorists out there. It was a technical problem. They didn't get enough satellite time, and we started late. This is the truth, because I'm not in uh, studio. Their studio. I'm in my studio. So that's what happened. A technical mistake. Okay, so I've said my piece on TV. I don't need to say it anymore, except on Life, Liberty, and Levin. These are great shows, and uh, I enjoy doing them. And uh, we'll see in the future how many more I do <clears throat> at a time. But I think I've, uh, you know, Mr. Bedus, I'm just being honest with you. With the book and now with this. How many times can I go on TV? So we'll see. I mean, I'm asked all the time and I'm very, very grateful for it. I want people to know that. I truly, truly am. But I'm doing right here what I love. Behind the microphone and on Levin TV and also Life, Liberty and Levin.
Christian, Fargo, North Dakota, the great WZFG, the flag. Go. Yes, Christian, how may I help you? This is your your brother in broadcasting. I went to Brown Institute in 1980, and uh, I just want to let you know I have a piece of advice for your listeners as to what to do with the information about yesterday's hearing. Here you go. All right. Thank you for that call. It's very profound. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Remember Mike Barnacle? Well, of course you don't. Why would you remember Mike Barnacle? Other than the controversy he created when he was stealing somebody else's writings. And that appealed to uh, Joe Scarborough, so he's a regular. He's irregular, but he's a regular. So here's uh, Mike Barnacle on the morning schmo uh, today with the Mika-ized morning schmo. Cut 11, go. And Joe, if you want a metaphor for what Bob Mueller did yesterday, and yeah, anybody yeah. seeking a metaphor for yesterday. And yeah, let's, let's have a metaphor. Go ahead. Read the Bronze Star citation for mm-hmm. Robert Mueller. All right, let, let's stop a second. Is anybody questioning Robert Mueller's status as a military hero? No. Bronze Star, Purple Heart. Now, this is what they do all the time. But Bob Mueller's had a bigger career than just that. Okay? A bigger career than just all that. I don't remember them talking this way about Bob Dole. They trashed the hell out of Bob Dole to get Clinton elected. Even trashed the hell out of John McCain. The Obama media forces did. So this isn't about Bob Mueller's military career. This is about Bob Mueller's conduct and presentation up to and including yesterday. Go ahead. went back out onto the field through a stream, a field of fire, to rescue a Marine who was wounded, a Marine who was working for him. He was a second lieutenant. Out to get the platoon member, to drag him back to safety. That's what he did yesterday. That's what he did yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he did yesterday? Are you kidding me? These are the same people who draw analogies, absurd analogies between the president and Hitler and so forth. They always go too far. They always go too far. Remember Jeremiah Denton? Medal of Honor winner? POW? I believe it was a Medal of Honor winner, but in any event, a POW. Remember that famous movie, the famous scene, where they have a propaganda film? And Denton, who was held in prison for over eight years, and they beat the hell out of him. But a very religious man, a Christian. He blinked SOS. Excuse me, he blinked torture. He blinked torture. To let the Americans know that they were torturing them. 
He ran for the Senate. He got elected a first term in the Reagan landslide when Reagan's first term was a close vote, but he won. They used to mock him. They used to make fun of his intelligence. They used to make fun of his faith. They would mock Jeremiah Denton, the left, the Democrat. And they defeated him for re-election. Wonderful man. And now to hear this, Mike Barnacle... The left and the media always tries to be dramatic. They always take it a step or ten too far. And so when Mueller dragged a member of his platoon back to safety, according to Barnacle, that's what he did yesterday. Has nothing to do with what he did yesterday. Nothing. Go ahead. He was in the field of fire for the country. He went back. Right, that's the- enough. That's enough. This guy has a flair for the stupidity, for the stupid. Speaking of Joe Behar, she's another failed radio host, like Scarborough and Brzezinski. Another failed radio host. So she makes it on TV, on The View. The view's basically Yentas yelling at each other. Cut 12, go. They were very disrespectful, I thought, the Republicans. They have a tendency to be disrespectful to uh, veterans in this country. First, see that? John- you say the Republicans don't like veterans. Says this clown, Joy Behar. Go ahead. Harry swift boating him, a wounded veteran of the Vietnam War. Then it was uh, Meg's dad, uh, John McCain. Uh, his service to the United States was minimized and, uh, and made fun of, basically. Actually, his-, his service has not been minimized, certainly not by me. John Kerry's service is in question. Because, as a matter of fact, it's in question. The extent of it. And that's okay. We will question where we think things need to be questioned. And I don't believe anybody has questioned Mueller's service in Vietnam. Nobody. It's amazing what the left does. They eviscerate the military. They do nothing to fix the VA. Tell me, did uh, Joy Behar vote for John McCain against Barack Obama? Of course not. Of course she didn't. Go ahead. And now this, a guy who served in Vietnam... And uh, President Bonespars did not serve in Vietnam, and they have the nerve. Well, I can't wait to see how many on the Democrat side who are running for president served in Vietnam or anywhere else. Did Joe Biden serve in Vietnam, Mr. Producer? No. No, he didn't. Be interesting to see how many of the 412 candidates on the Democrat side served in the military. If that's now Joy Behar's test. Did Barack Obama serve in the military, Mr. Producer? No, he didn't. Chuck Schumer? No. Nancy Pelosi? No. Schumer in the military? No, I couldn't imagine it. But which army would he be fighting for? That would be my question. Go ahead. Back him instead of this veteran. It really is upsetting. I don't want to hear the Republicans say that they are the most patriotic party anymore. I don't want to hear it. Here's what you want to hear, you moron. You clown. How the hell does she have a show? I I don't even understand. What does she offer? Just a loudmouth. 
Just an absolute loudmouth. Daniel, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go ahead, please. Wow. Hi, Mark. Hey, real honor. And I know I speak for tens of millions. Uh, Uh, Thank you. We appreciate you. God bless you and your family and and your efforts. Thank you. One minute, baby. Go ahead. Okay, so you you mentioned out of 30 hours of McGann's testimony that they only picked a couple sentences they're holding on to. There's got to be something. But not only has there got to be something for common sense, it's Andrew Weissman's hallmark to, hold, to, to withhold exculpatory evidence. He's been reprimanded by judges for You're it. exactly right. I'd love to know what are those 29 hours and 29 minutes. I'd love to know what the rest of them, actually 59 minutes, 29 hours and 59 minutes that they withheld. I'd love to know what the rest of that says, Daniel. Excellent call. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the most popular conservative author in America. Over at Politico, Trump's third country asylum ban halted temporarily by a California judge. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there are about 900 federal district judges in this country. And so the left form shops, typically San Francisco, Sacramento, New York, you get it, to try and find one of their judges. And so this U.S. District Judge John Tiger, T-I-G-A-R, issued a preliminary injunction that will halt the asylum ban nationwide. And the move comes hours after a federal judge presiding over similar litigation in Washington, D.C., ruled the other way and declined to stop the implementation. Now, the Supreme Court needs to do something about this. The Supreme Court needs to stop a single federal district trial judge from putting in place nationwide injunctions. There is no reason a federal judge in San Francisco should be able to put in place a nationwide injunction a preliminary injunction that affects all the border states, all the border states, and the rest of the country. And as you can see, there can be a conflict. There can be a conflict. Okay, 900 judges. What if one says one and one says the other? Well, the way those judges view it, it's the one that says no wins because you don't want to be held in contempt. But this is a serious problem, particularly with the Obama federal judges. They're more than happy to put in place these nationwide, in this case, preliminary injunctions. And more than this, they make policy decisions instead of the President of the United States. This was my first book, Men in Black. My very first book. And it continues to this day. It's a disgrace. And the Supreme Court lets it go on and on and on. Let's go to Tom, Indianapolis, Indiana, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Oh, wow. What an honor, Mark. Thank you. I got through. And, I mean, you're the most intelligent man I've ever heard on the radio or out there anywhere. And you keep me centered. Oh, thank you. I'm going off the deep end. 
Um, I was really wondering now that the circus has left town. <laughs> we've got, you know, will the so-called rhinos, will they come on board now, you think, and help this president get some things done? Or are they going to stick their finger in the wind and see which way the wind's blowing, as they always do? I honestly don't know. But yeah. they're going to lose if they don't get behind this man and help push his agenda. The things that he could do, we could get done in this country. And anybody who loves this country, as you do and I do, and as my father did, he he was a tail gun in World War II. We just wow. passed away last year. I'm he was sorry. 97. He was a retired air traffic controller and a tail gunner in the Japanese theater. Unbelievable. I loved Ronald Reagan, and I've learned so much. People ask me who my hero is. It's my father. He was mm -hmm. with my father. And I know how much you loved your father. And, and I just love, you know, when you talk about the, it just gives me goosebumps because, you know, there's a man that, you know, was raised right, I guess, as I should say. <laughs> well, God, God bless you, man. Tom, this is a wonderful call. Now, Indianapolis is one of my favorite cities, I, I have to tell you. We've been here three years. I was raised in Columbus, Georgia, Fort yeah. Benning, you know, that area. Oh, yeah. I was raised there, but uh, uh, another woman moved up here uh, about three years ago, and I'm 68, and I'm retired. And, and you found your love. Yes, I hope so. My first wife passed away from brain cancer, oh, and, um, you know, it, 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 you get lost when you, you know, I'm so used to being married, you know, mm -hmm. so... You know, to have a significant other is helps you. You know, yeah, you know, in a, in a great it's way. It's important. But. No, I agree with it. Hey, Tom, I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. If you already have one, keep the signed one and give give the one you have to somebody else. But if you don't, I want to give it to you either way. Don't hang up, and I want to thank you very, very much. Now, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have your copy of Unfreedom of the Press? Mark, you always talk about it. I have to. If I don't talk about it, who's going to talk about it? You have all these other people who are all over the place. It's written up in the New York Times and the Washington Post and all slobbering support. Or they're on certain big talk show hosts, not much bigger than mine, but, but they don't have us. Certain cable TV shows, even on our favorite cable network. Obviously, I'm not there on all of them with respect to the book. But look at the networks, the network shows. They never have conservatives on. But look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is our relationship, you and me, my beloved audience, the smartest audience of audiences right here, you. And this is very important, these battles ahead. You see, every single event that's taking place right now is driven by the mass media. It's driven by the mass media. What have I said and what's written in the book and it's being regurgitated by the backbenchers? It's not so much anymore that the media are the mouthpiece for the Democrat Party. It's more the opposite now. The media are pushing the Democrat Party. The media are taking point, which I explained in the first chapter. So I think, I know you'll enjoy it, and I know it's important, and it's summertime, and for those of you who have some time, it's the perfect time to check it out on freedom of the press. And what's amazing is Michelle Obama can sell thousands and thousands fewer, and yet she gets higher up on the New York Times bestseller. It, it's, just, uh, it's just liberal books 
I'm not talking about race. Liberal books, liberal authors, they have affirmative action for liberal authors over there at the New York Slimes. We were number one five weeks in a row. Remember what I told you? We have to be way ahead in order to get that number one. Well, we were number one five weeks in a row. That's a big deal. Now we're on the list nine weeks in a row. But they're not playing fair. They're not playing fair. We were number two. They put us at number six. We were number two last week. They put us at number five. Playing games. But it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If you already have a copy, please get one for a family member, a friend, a coworker. We got to get our message out. You see what happens during these hearings. And it's much easier to really break down and understand not only what's going on, but to have some hope because there's alternative media everywhere. It's being developed even more and more and more via technology. Let us continue. Curtis, Grand Junction, Colorado, the great KNZZ. Go. How you doing, Mark? It's an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. So I just heard you say that we're the smartest audience that, that there is. So just remember this when I say that. Uh-oh. Or when I tell you what I'm going to tell you. So. I didn't say everybody in the audience. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm taking it as you're talking to me. So anyway, I heard you talking about being on Hannity last night and on Fox uh, and Friends this morning and that you really loved what you're doing and you don't know how many more times you'll do it. But I remember a lot of presidents that didn't want to be presidents, but they become presidents because they knew their country needed them. And I know Donald Trump, I've heard him talk for, you know, since the late 70s about how we needed a president in there that was that, that had the guts to do it and had to, uh, that had the stamina to do it. And he didn't want to do it because he loved what he was doing. And even up until he ran for president, he talked about how he loved doing what he was doing and didn't want to be president. But somebody had to step up. Mark, that's who you are. That's who we listen to every day. And I just want you to know that you're a voice for all of us that don't have that voice. So I really appreciate it, and I love you, and I enjoy listening to you, and and I pray for you, and may God just continue to bless you and His keep His face shining on you. And you, you know, you know what, I, Curtis. F- first of all, I want to thank you. And you know what, <clears throat> I do need to think about this more. You're right. I I want to thank you. You know. I, how can I put this? I live a fairly solitary existence. Do you know what I mean, Curtis? I understand. I have family, a few friends here and there and so forth, and I'll go here and there, particularly more now, but not a lot. And so uh, I think you're right. I need to think about this more. Just sometimes I say, all right, that's enough already. And maybe it isn't enough already. I don't know. But uh you raise a very, uh, very, you're very gracious and very kind of you to raise that point. And don't hang up. I want to send you a copy of Unfreedom of the Press signed. And I appreciate it, Curtis, very, very much. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, does Newsweek still exist, Mr. Producer? Didn't they go bankrupt? I don't think they have a Newsweek magazine, but they have lightweights like Jason Lemon. I wonder if he's related to Don Lemon. I have no idea. So he picks up where media left off. 
Fox News hosts suggest Robert Mueller has onset dementia after congressional hearings. That's not how this, this came up. That's not the way this was done. It was done with empathy. It was done with a big heart. It was done based on my observations in the past. People don't have to agree with me. People are saying some weird things like, he seems frail. Or, I think it was Scarborough said, he must have some kind of condition. So forth and so on. I don't believe this is something we should hide from. I think we should be talking about things like this. Mental health and so forth. No, I don't know if he has it, but he had every indication to me that he had this issue. It wasn't that he didn't study. Or he didn't know his report. They say he was haunting, haunting when he was speaking. They all talk around it. I'm not accusing him of anything. Wasn't said in a hurtful way. You can listen to it yourselves. But they insist. This is the second one. Trying to get a gaggle out there, you see. It's the second one. This isn't even an attack on the guy. In any respect. I even say I'm not going to mock this man. Period. Not trying to be provocative. Period. And I wasn't and I'm not. But Jason Lemon is a sleazeball. So again, he wants to politicize a mental health issue. He wants to politicize the health of Mueller in order to advance a political agenda. This is the problem with the poisonous, hateful left. People like Jason Lemon. You can't have a rational discussion. Can't be decent. Everything's got to be politics. Everything's got to be ideology. And that's how the left works. The left doesn't care about Mueller's health. They're angry with him right now, despite what they're saying. They're furious with him. He blew it for them. That's the way they view it. On to the next thing. And so we have to deal with these low lives like Jason Lemon. Now, 2020 will be the most important election of our lifetimes. Big issues are on the ballot. The border, Second Amendment, late-term abortion, infanticide, actually, freedom of speech and conscience, freedom of the press, and the most expensive of them all, health care. The liberals are pushing a plan called Medicare for All. They want to take a program seniors have paid into all their lives, open it to all comers, including illegal alien children, and destroy it. It should be called Medicare for Nobody. Because seniors are going to be forced to get in line with everyone else, including people who haven't paid anything into the program. I used to think Medicare was the third rail of politics. Isn't that what they said? Apparently not. This is absolutely unconscionable. And it'll destroy the world's greatest engine of healthcare innovation. Where is the AARP on all this? Well, they're on the side of, of the hard left. That's why they aren't lobbying to stop this raid of your Medicare. And we know why. It's the same AARP that backed Obamacare. It's all ideological. And that's why I'm urging all of you to join AMAC now. That's A-M-A-C. Because unlike the AARP, AMAC will fight hard against Medicare for all. And you become a member of AMAC, you go to amac.us. And they have great discounts and benefits, by the way. Terrific. 
The stakes have never been higher. Please visit amac.us, that's A-M-A-C dot U-S, today. All right. Let us continue. Here we go. Sanford, Scottsdale, Arizona, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark. I'm just so proud of you. And what I can't help uh, overlooking is the fact that this is a pivotal moment. Basically, uh, the stupid... uh, anti-Semitic and hateful uh, uh, super left has decided to take this uh, moment of Mueller's dementia and use him as a figurehead that the that the public will ultimately recognize. Was no, act- no, 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 let's slow down. It's not a definite, it's not a fact that he has dementia. I only made an observation, and, I'm, and, and it's very concerning to me on many levels. Yeah, whether I- the man was healthy, whether really he should have been doing this, whether the people around him are using him, and really, uh, in the future, how a president of the United States has to bear under such a uh, situation. Absolutely. I so agree. I say that with absolute empathy. Yeah, Mark, my wife has dementia. She's mm-hmm. a brilliant woman, but it's not a bad thing. She still has herself, too. And yes. that's what we see come out in this uh, discussion, because what he did is when they tried to get the sound bite, he ultimately wouldn't give it to him, and mm-hmm. they bombed on him not recognizing that this guy wasn't full of hate. It's just that this guy was uh, unfortunately. I, I could t- see he was trying to grasp. He was trying to reach back into his mind to get information. Look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it's certainly not out of a hard heart. Just I've, I've seen this before, and I feel like it's, it's occurred here. Whether it has or not, time will tell. And I'm sorry about your wife, sir. We salute all you great people out there. I want to thank you. Get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. You got to get to Amazon.com. And I will see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.